Hello and welcome to the For Pete's Sake podcast. I'm David O'Connor with EXP Realty. And I'm Alex Blencarn with EXP Realty. And today we're going to be going through the March 2023 Peterborough City Market Stats. We got our deal of the month, we got our tip of the month, and a few extra goodies for you guys. So uh, stay tuned. Hey Alex, how you doing? Good man, good. I'm I'm actually at home at the uh, the rent's house for for Easter, so I apologize for any uh, weird internet issues or any uh, any singing going on downstairs because the wife's down there uh, and they're having a singing party. So I apologize in advance for that. How you been? Good man. Yeah, yeah the uh, you're blurring, uh, melting into the uh, studio behind you. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'll be base for this one. Yeah, I'm good. It's Easter weekend. You know, I have the little kids. We're going to do some fun Easter stuff. We tried taking them to see the uh, Easter bunny at the mall. And that was a bit of a fail. Just, yeah. Just a terrifying creature that thing is. And the kids uh, weren't having it. So uh, we'll try again next year. Yeah. A, a warning in advance. If, if anybody is going to uh, take the kids to go see the Easter bunny, they, he's, he's pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. I, I was a little scared. but Yeah. Yeah, so we got lots to get through here today, so I just thought we'd jump right into it. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that we've got to have on the agenda is I believe we had a bet uh, last episode in regards to the March average price. Now, I think I came in like a fool, and I was a little bit hot, and I believe I said that it was going to be above uh, $650,000 for the average price for a residential home in the city in March. And I was mistaken. So I do have to eat a donut. We don't have one right now because I'm, uh, I'm a couple hours away, but for the next episode, we will make sure to get a donut on my plate. Yeah. I feel bad, buddy. It's three and oh, I think. Yeah, I know. You'll get, you'll get I, yours. Eventually. You'll get yours. I shouldn't go to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, to start off, actually, we are going to talk uh, a bit of macro like we always do. So the uh, a recent population growth, uh, the data came out from Statistics Canada at the end of March. I'm sure you guys have seen the headlines, um, but we had a record population growth from January 1st, 2022 to January 1st, 2023. So the full year of 2022, we had a record population growth in Canada of around 1,050,000 new people. Now, an interesting fact about that population, and this is taken straight from Statistics Canada, in 2022, it says, the reason behind Canada's record high population growth was somewhat different since international migration accounted for nearly all growth recorded. It was 95.9% of the population growth, which, which comes in just about around a million people. So why is this important for real estate? Well, you know, people need a home, whether they're going to be renting, whether they're going to be buying, they need a roof over their head. As we've seen, it, it seems to snow now in April. So they need a roof over their head. So they're going to be pushing demand into either the rental or the resale market and particularly in Ontario, because we've seen 
estimated around 43% of emigration uh, settles in Ontario. And that's a stat taken from the Ontario Provincial website. So if we take the amount of uh, international migration that we saw, and we take 43% of that, it's estimated that around 433,000 people uh, entered into Ontario. So yeah, that, that would be around 433,000 people. What we actually saw, and this is the net increase, was 321,748 net new people in the province of Ontario last year. Now, those people are probably going to need to find housing. Um, you know, whether they were coming in from Alberta, whether they were coming in from Nova Scotia or a different country as a whole, they are going to need housing. And what we saw was in Q1 for 2023, we saw a quarter over quarter increase. So that data just came out and we saw 123,000 new people that entered the province of Ontario over the last three months or the first three months of 2023. So that's a lot of people. When you look at, I mean, we saw 322,000 roughly last year, and we just saw around 124,000 in the first three months. So yeah, I, I overall, I am pretty bullish on Canadian housing, specifically Ontario housing, just because I do not think we're going to have enough supply ready to keep up with the amount of demand that we seem to be experiencing and i do believe we're going to continue to experience yeah well that's interesting we're, we're just saying offline how I, I don't think we're going to be in a traditional buyer's market anytime soon with those kind no of and and we'll see let's dive into the stats here we'll see kind of what it's looking like for the local peterborough market but i mean is it safe to say that we've we've hit the bottom of the market yeah, I, we were talking about it before. I, I I think the bottom was January, and uh, we trended up February, and it's and, and again uh, even more so uh, in the March numbers. And we've you've seen the hot sheet the last few weeks. Wait till the April numbers come out. Um, oh yeah. If, if it's not official now, we're, uh, we're we're definitely in a seller's market, it's especially anything under six hundred k in Peterborough is just flying off. Seems to move. Yeah. So let's see what we got here. The average sale price has declined uh, 23.5%. Remember, this is year over year. We're comparing March of 2023 to March of 2022. New listings have declined 49.7%. Uh, Number of new sales has declined 55.9%. And the days to sell has increased by 150%. Um, yeah, what are you seeing here, Alex? Uh, you know, I, I don't really see many surprises when, when we we'll see in the data here when we compare i mean march of 22 to it, it, it was really a bit of an unfair comparison um you know we'll, we'll kind of go over the comparison month over month which i think is more of a fair comparison uh comparing march 2023 to february 2023 but remember folks the march 2022 was the peak of ontario real estate so you are going to see a crazy average sale price you're going to see, you know, a crazy amount of sales and you're going to see a super low amount uh, for days to sell. So, yeah, without further ado, there's the graph. You can see that little uptick coming in at uh, the start of January 2023. Love to see that. And in terms of the actual numbers, 
we sat and we came in at $612,830. So this is interesting. Look at that March 2021 number. Yeah. We're actually below that. Yeah, it's, it's not quite 650, eh, Alex? Not quite 650, no. Uh, you know, I, I saw the 2021 number. I thought, yeah, you know, what the heck? We're going to beat 625, no problem. Uh, and it doesn't look like we did. Uh, now, keep in mind, we're, we're up from that November number at around 575. And we've been going up for the last four months. What's interesting, I think by the time we hit June here, um, see June of 2022 at, at 655. I think we'll we'll be at that or above that, and what we're doing our year over year. That, that could be another little little bet we could do. That's what I was just thinking. That sounds just like a little uh, a donut bet. Um, so you're thinking June we're going to be above 655. Yeah, I think it will be the first month when we do this podcast where the with the year over year months would swing the other way than it's been going lately. Yeah, let's see what happens. It's crazy to see the huge drop. You, you look at 801 in March, and I know we've talked in length about this, but the 2022 numbers, 801 in March, and then you're down to 655 in June. That is a huge, huge drop. Man, you'll see it in these later slides, but what happened too is a lot of listings came after they saw those prices. And yeah. didn't sell or took a while to sell. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the average price and new listings. We see a little bit of an uptick there. I mean, you can see the seasonality of the market. You do have generally a, a pretty, you know, active spring market in terms of new listings. And, and we can kind of see it in the graph. We're, we're starting to see a bit more activity in terms of new listings. So we came in at 96. We're still well, well below 191 from last year. But Look at that. We're up month over month. We did see a slight decline January to February, but it looks like we're back up, which is great to see. And I do believe that trend will continue. I mean, you can see it historically there. You do see the increase, you know, every single year from February to March. And then, I mean, besides 2020, which if we remember what happened in April of 2020, um, COVID, the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. You do see it, you know, increase and continue to increase generally, um, you know, March, April, May kind of thing. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see because we know, remember, I, we have a group chat and I announced the other day, I, I think I wrote the buyers are back. Buyers like, are back. We were talking about it, buyers being on the sidelines for multiple reasons, seven rate hikes, you know, they got beat up last year in competition. Buyers are back and we're seeing, as I said, stuff fly off the shelf that's not holding. So I think... What do you think, Alex? I think in the next week or two, that price point, that definitely that under 600, you're going to see competitions again, and you're, you're going to see them start to hold for a week. If stuff's selling, you know, a day after they come to market or before the weekend, um, they're definitely going to start holding at that price point for sure. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I mean, the buyers are back. Demand seems to be back, um, especially for those newer listings. Like you're saying, we're seeing, you know, the days on market, if it's listed, you know, under 600, seems to be a pretty good deal you know it generally goes normally in a week i mean if it's presentable and it's priced well um and sometimes in multiple multiple offers like we we do see multiples uh you know out there boots on the ground um but it's great to see in the multiples right Every, everybody hears multiples and goes oh, oh no but we're not seeing two hundred thousand. we're not seeing one hundred thousand over list you know if you are in multiples maybe it goes 10 or 15 over list 
That's what I was going to say. I'd say currently, and the stuff is priced, I'd say for the most part, appropriately. Yeah, we're seeing market value a lot. A lot of the time for that. Not like last year when they were trying for the slingshot effect. Yeah. And there was some, of, some of them were getting irresponsibly listing low, like something that was, should sell for 700 being listed at, you know, 450 maybe. Yeah. So we're not seeing that right now. Uh, I don't think we'll get back to as bad as it was last year, but I do think we'll, they'll, you'll see a little bit more of that. Right now, agents, a lot of them are doing 24-hour irrevocables. What that basically means is if, if you see a property you like and you submit an offer, your offer has to be live and active for 24 hours. Um, usually that's done for, you know, when it's, say, an estate sale where three people have to communicate or someone has a, uh, I don't know, they, they work night shifts. But it's being used for the most part right now as a little um, strategy to create um, an impromptu competition. So you submit your offer, you have to give them 24 hours, your offer is good for, then what do they do right away? The agents are gonna kick the tires, but all the other agents or any buyers have reached out to them directly to try to create a uh, competition, get another offer in. And as soon as that second offer comes in, you go into competition, you know, you can start to drive that price up a little bit. So that's where we're seeing the last uh, month or so, but I do think we'll go back into official uh, holding probably as soon as a couple of weeks from now. Now, there was a very, very interesting uh, article and piece of news that came out regarding that blind bidding. Um, oh, right. Yeah. If we remember back to, uh, I believe it was in the Liberal government's campaign, he had said that he was going to ban blind bidding. So there was an interesting piece of software that came out that, it, and they're going to partner with realtor.ca. And basically it allows for that auction system that you've seen kind of bouncing around in the news. And it allows people to see information that has been disclosed by the seller. Now the seller and the listing agent get to choose what information is disclosed. And they also get to choose whether or not they want to participate in this auction system. So it's not mandatory when you're selling your house, but perhaps we do see it happen in situations where maybe there is an estate sale, they need to move it quickly. Perhaps this auction system encourages buyers to go put in an offer on something that's holding that they may have otherwise not put in an offer on because it was holding and they and they didn't want to put on an offer or compete so let's see what happens there now in ontario as we know the the bidding system is it, real estate's regulated provincially so it'll vary province to province i believe in the provincial legislation for ontario we're not allowed to disclose price so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this blind bidding change in Ontario. We we haven't heard anything as realtors yet. There hasn't been really anything that's come out from Korea, the Canadian Real Estate Association or the Ontario Real Estate Association regarding this change. Um, but stay tuned for that because it could be a big change coming up in 2023. Could be huge. Um, yeah, we'll see where that goes because it could be the beginning of something that could see uh, the eradication of buyer agents down the road, right? Um, so that's that's what's interesting so they they've come out and open offers so they they've i believe they've been running this in in australia it's a little bit different in australia um but it's a similar uh comparable real estate market in terms of um you know the economy they're, they're fairly similar to canada uh and what they do is it's almost an event for australians there's you know 20 30 australians piling in front of a house 
and there's the listing agent on stand going, Hey, do we hear five, six, seven? Oh, okay. Do we hear 700,000? Okay. Do I hear 710,000? And they're doing the auction actually on the doorstep of the house. Now, what's interesting about the buyer's agent side is open the open offers software in order to put in an offer, even during the auction system that they have, you do have to be registered as a realtor and you have to be registered with this open offer offer system as well so you can't just from my understanding from what i've read you can't go out and just put in an offer if you aren't registered with this open often offers software so you would have to be a realtor uh and you know most likely a buyer's agent um to put in put in an offer well and same my understanding is there's there's no real buyer agents in england and, and the whole idea of a buyer agent over here has only really existed since what was like the eighties, like late seventies, eighties. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, not a lot of info yet, um, but yeah, stay tuned for that because that could shake shake things up. We'll keep you guys posted. Uh, number of sales, you can see, you know, back on topic here. Uh, number of sales, we saw a, a slight uptick month over month. You can see the January bar, and then the slight dip in February, and then another increase. Uh, in March. So that is fantastic to see. Again, a little bit cyclical, uh, similar to the, the new listings. So there you have it. The number is 63 for number of sales. Um, you know, not great when you look at the last five years. Uh, we're, we're the lowest month, uh, you know, for March. We're the lowest reading for, for number of sales for the month of March over the last five years. So not not great to see there. Any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see when we see the, the number of actual listings but my, my fear is that we're, we're seeing the buyers back as we say and if the uh sellers don't come back and inventory is tight through the spring market then you're really going to see prices spike again yeah and there it is so active listings are the green bar uh and sales are the blue bar so this is just a one year in review so we went back to jan 2022 so we could compare and see kind of what's going on um so obviously we've got active listings higher than sales um you know this year look at what it was last year that's that third uh third group of bars in the graph and you can see number of sales almost double what the number of active listings were um but it's kind of the other way around for March 23. We yeah. see, you know, double the amount of active listings compared to sales. Yeah, we flagged this before. So it's less so than the previous months, but this is active listing. So um, that the green for the current month is a little inflated from carryover, um, which we're seeing less and less of. As we said, we're, we haven't felt like it was a seller's market because we had existing inventory, but um, the market is being absorbed in that inventory. And as soon as, um, we burn through that. Um, we can officially ring the bell for a seller's market. Yeah, and you can see it there. Uh, you can see November uh, and December, and just look at the the small blue bar compared to the giant green bar. So things have improved since then. Um, you know, if you kind of look visually, you can see yeah, there was a slight increase in active listings, but there appears to have been a larger increase month over month uh, in the number of sales so that's great to see and yeah, yeah there's the numbers for you guys there so we went up about eight listings for for active listings but we went up 13 for uh number of sales so that just kind of goes to show you if you look at the ratio there um 
you know, the, the number of sales have increased compared to the number of active listings, indicating there is slightly more demand than there is supply compared to February. Definitely. And then days to sell. So we saw a, an uptick, or sorry, a, a downtick there month over month. And you can see it down, uh, you know, you see March, February, January, December. December seems to have been the highest uh, over the last, you know, couple of years, um, you know, two years there. But we're on the downtrend in terms of days to sell. Okay, so we came, yeah, we came in at, at 20 days to sell. Um, you can see 34 in January, 25 in February. So, I mean, what are your thoughts there? We can see it's slightly coming down from December at 37, 34, 25, 20. Are we yeah. getting, you know, are we going to get to 15? In, yeah, in I think April? We'll be at, 100% will be at 15 or lower from what, what I've seen in the last few weeks. Yeah, things are moving fast. They're going to start holding. The only thing that might skew it, it's almost tail of two markets. You got that uh, six to 700 and under um, stuff. Definitely north of 700 tends to be sitting a little bit longer. But the stuff under yeah. under 600 for sure is moving pretty quick. So that's why I'd be interested like, um, to uh, dissect the numbers a little further and see the days on market for the different price points. But as you know, this, this is on yeah. average. So... I do think overall, especially if they start holding um, and those that we don't get that inventory where we think we're going to get and stuff's going to start moving. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe at, at peak, maybe we could hit 10 in May. Um, but but definitely, I, I see us down to uh, mid-teens by the time we uh, do this next month. Yeah, that would be cool. And then Monza inventory there. Um, so this is kind of a way to measure what type of market we're in we still came in at uh, two months of inventory but as you can see from the graph we actually slightly came down you know maybe we were at around two five 2.5 uh you know in february and we slightly came down to around two months of inventory yeah. so there it is i mean there's no decimals on this one but from visually from the graph we did come down in terms of months of inventory indicating that it's a bit more of a seller's market a bit stronger of a seller's market than it was in february yeah that ties into the last slides we we're looking at and we'll see that to continue to go down i think for the next few months at least absolutely absolutely okay. so yeah now i wanted to talk uh, a bit about the first home savings account so uh as we know from our good friend uh ben franklin there are two things that are inevitable and they are death and taxes. Unless you're and a first-time home buyer. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you're a first-time home buyer in Canada, the uh, the federal government has has basically released something called a first home savings account. Um, it's similar to a TFSA. If if you guys know the TFSA, it basically allows you to um, shelter your investments from tax. Uh, now, similar to a TFSA, there are contribution limits. So for your first home savings account, you can use it like a TFSA, meaning you can invest in you know, publicly traded securities, government bonds, GICs, mutual funds. Um, and then those can be withdrawn tax free as long as the funds are used for a qualifying for home purchase. So you can use this as an investment vehicle 
for a maximum of $40,000. So $8,000 a year is your contribution limit. And then it goes up to $40,000. So you can withdraw as much as you want. Obviously up to $40,000. Once it's full, you know, you can take out your $40,000 and use it as a down payment for your first home. Now, in order to qualify for this, you must be a resident of Canada who is at least 18 years old and hasn't owned a home or lived in a home owned by their spouse or common law partner in the current calendar year or the four previous calendar years. So interesting uh, criteria there. In terms of a qualified home, this is taken directly from the Government of Canada's website. It is a housing unit located in Canada. So just think, you know, your typical home. Um, it can be a share in co-op housing corporation, uh, and it can also be an equity interest in a housing unit. So, you know, typically you're going to see this for your standard first home, and it's an investment vehicle that allows you to shelter those investments from tax. Uh, there is a contribution limit, and there is a limit for how much you can put total in your first home savings account. And if you're interested in learning more, definitely talk to a qualified tax professional such as an accountant. Um, in terms of dates, it was supposed to roll out April 1st. So that's why I brought it up. Supposed to roll out April 1st. Unfortunately, it's not available at the big five banks yet, um, but they are targeting uh, this sort of product at the big five banks sometime in the next year. So it will be available in 2023. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, well, we, we knew things like this were coming because, you know, there, there's a whole generation that uh, if they don't get some sort of um, support or help uh, from the government, then they just will never be homeowners. You you threw yeah. a stat out, I don't know if it was on the podcast, but it was something to do with the average household income from, from 20 years ago, I think it was versus you know the, the the costs of like owning a home and it was it was pretty staggering it was very staggering so um just roughly I, I don't have the exact stat in front of me but uh it was taken from StatsCan, um so a reliable source there again and it it basically it showed the average household the, the average price of a home in 2003 versus the average income uh and then it compared it to 2023. So what's interesting is the average household income in 2023, 20 years later, actually shrunk. It didn't shrink by much. It was negligible. Um, you know, it was maybe 61,000 roughly in, in 2003, and it was around 60,000 in, in 2023. But the average price of a home tripled. So we saw it was around, you know, let's say 200,000 for a home in 2003, and it was 600,000 for a home in 2023 even though the average household income had yeah. to change. So that's why that, that whole generation like, doesn't have a fighting chance unless they, they roll out more programs like this. There's obviously the, the, the RSPs for some home buyers has been around for, for a long time. I was able to take advantage of that when I got into the market you know, 12 years ago. But um, yeah, I think there's, there's more things, products like this that, that have to come out. They, they, they just have to. So it's, it's to me, I think this is good news. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's more things like this coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, here we go. So Tip of the month. Um, we just were having some discussion about this one and we, we wanted to go with warrants and for you, people that don't know. So when you're submitting an offer, 
there's a schedule a section of your offer where you can put all your components of the offer and that's where you see your conditions agreements but the um the other thing i also see is, is your warrants i'm a big fan of warrants i think i put warrants on almost every offer i can the difference is a condition holds up a deal from going firm so typically if you're a buyer and you submit an offer that's got several conditions in it you know the seller doesn't like that because it's holding up the deal so that um the reason why i like to use warrants is a it doesn't hold up the deal, but it gives the buyers uh, some extra protections. And uh, just a quick example of a good warranty use is if, if you're buying a house with a pool in the winter months and you put a warranty, you know, that pool's going to be in good uh, working order um, when the springtime comes. And even though you close before the springtime comes, um, the, the warrant exists past the closing date. So it's just a little bit of added protections in case you ever have to circle back to the seller because spring comes along. You turn on the, the pool, uh, nothing's working. It's, 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 it's in rough shape and uh, it was like almost like misrepresented. So it gives you a little bit more, um, I guess, clout when, when, when you gotta, when you gotta circle back. But this, I use warrants on the, I have a very generic one I use on all the systems of the house are in good working order. You can do it on appliances. Um, you can use them all the time. And typically it won't hold up, as I said, the deal. So they'll, they'll allow them to go through and they'll accept it. Even in a market like last year, when the sellers had all, all the cards, I was still getting those warrants in. Um, I just, we did want to note that um, there are times you can't use a warrant. For example, when there's an as is uh, condition, a lot of the as is are worded that they won't represent and, and do any warrants. And an example of that is if, if a house is in a disrepair and it's been advertised as such, they're, they're letting you know up front. Well, this house is, uh, it's, it's in, in pretty rough shape. So we're not going to warrant anything. And, and another time you, you see that is it's a third party selling the house that doesn't have that kind of intimate knowledge. So they're, they're not going to warrant anything because they don't have that information. Like uh, a trustee for an estate sale. That's when you see it a lot. Yeah. When they, they've maybe never even been in the house. So how are they able to represent or, or warrant anything about it? They've never been in there. Yeah. So I, I love warrants. As I said, I get them on every offer. I, the only time they'll ever have, well, I've ever had someone cross out is um, they meant to put it as is, or yeah. they, they hadn't fully disclosed that it's a third party and they're like, we actually can't warrant this and they'll cross it out and sign it back. But for the most part, you can get those warrants in. I like to use them on wells and septics as well. Yeah, um, yeah especially uh, people don't know this, <laughs> all these bonus little mini tips, but um, if you're buying um, a property with a septic tank, you're actually really not supposed to open that in the winter months. It's, it's actually not, not good. First of all, the ground so hard getting through is, is one thing. Yeah. It's actually not good for the actual system. So if you're buying a property that has the, um, a septic system in the winter, it, or I always, I have them in, in, in general for any, any mm -hmm. septic, but definitely if you're buying it in the winter months and you can't open it and take a look at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Warranties are fantastic. All right. So now we got the deal of the month. 936 Phillip Street in Peterborough. So look at that handsome fellow there on the right. Phenomenal. This is my listing. Um, and, and the reason we've got it at deal of the month is listed at 649.9. It's got 1,700 square feet. So you're at a price per square foot of 382, which is just incredible. Now, uh, Dave, you know, you know, the area, I know the area, but tell us kind of a little bit about the area. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. North Peterborough, um, really close to the Trent university. There's a, there's a lot of Trent student houses in this area. Um, I, I just did, a, I just sold one or sorry, a 
client of mine just bought one recently and, and the lens that's important because it's usually um when, when parents are buying maybe a house that their 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 child is going to rent and maybe they rent to friends uh, one thing i wanted to note is this is a phenomenal area because there's uh, student houses in in uh i'd say um, diff different types of neighborhoods in town um some of them uh, you know you wouldn't want your children uh being there i, I won't name yeah. the streets um th this is just a nice safe neighborhood and i feel like because there's there has been a lot of student houses in this area it's, it's um there's an appetite for it so um you, you don't have to worry about like you know neighbors you know, you know sometimes they get upset if there's a lot of student houses in that area so you're you're close to trent um as i said nice neighborhood uh, what i like about this one too is I think it's got it's got what five five bedrooms with the opportunity to put a put a sixth in here. It's got four bedrooms with the opportunity to potentially add two. So uh, okay. the way you would do that would be uh, putting up a wall in between the living room and dining room. So uh, when this guy bought it, it was actually set up like that, uh, and that's why there is a slight lip here um where there's the the dining room right now because this was actually a wall and a bedroom and uh you could potentially turn it back into that sort of layout with a wall right here bedroom where the carpet is and then you would throw another bedroom right here and maybe a small living room there's a door just right here so it would work perfectly and another door right here that you could either seal up or leave as is um another fantastic part about this property is it also works for uh families so you've got just an incredible location. I'm just going to pull it up on Google Maps, but you can kind of see the the drone shot here. And this is uh, this is Adam Scott. So this is a French immersion high school right here. Um, and you've got a lot of bungalows in this area. So that's what makes this home unique. Obviously, it's not a bungalow. It's a gorgeous Cape Cod style home. And it's actually got the two separate floors, which is fantastic for families. You know, you can have the kids asleep upstairs and you can be watching TV downstairs in the living room. So in terms of the neighborhood, I'm just going to pull up Google Maps here. Can you guys see that? All right. Yep. So this is the neighborhood right here. So you've got Fairhaven Home, which is a is a retirement home, I believe. It's a nursing home, sorry, not a retirement home. Uh, then you've got Adam Scott right here. So fantastic. If your kids go to Adam Scott, they can literally walk home, which is incredible. There is a city bus stop right here. So again, if your kids go to Trent, if you're a student, you can take the bus up to Trent. You've got Edmondson Heights Public School, which is another French immersion school. This is the elementary school. So maybe the kids go to Edmondson Heights if they're younger, and then they go to Adam Scott. I believe Adam Scott uh, is, it, it's a high school. So they would go there after they graduate Edmondson if they wanted to stay in the French immersion stream. And fantastic. These are one of the few French immersion schools in Peterborough. So that is incredible. You're also really close to Shamong Road. And and tell us a bit about Shamong Road, Dave. Well, yeah, for those not familiar with Peter Road, you have, to me, the two main, oh, I guess, business districts. One is um, the Lansdowne stretch that goes uh, east to west, but the north to south is uh, is Shamong Road. So up Shamong, you have all your big outlets, you have your Walmarts, your Canadian Tire, lots of restaurants, lots of plazas, you know, every, every, all the fast food things you can think of. Uh, all, all those kind of like, um, I say big, big town or, or, or city kind of uh, amenities. 
um, are all right there. And as you can see from the location, what, what's, you can walk there. Um, it's also a very, very short uh, uh, car ride. So, so all, the, all those uh, amenities uh, um, Peterborough has to offer, you're, you're striking distance. Absolutely. And then it's also, you know, filled with different um, churches in, in the area. You've got a ton of different walking trails. There's a trail right here. That's the Parkway Trail. That's a major one. But there's actually walking trails in behind Edmondson Heights Bible Chapel right here uh, that you can walk through in the forest. And then there's uh, Bears Creek. I believe that's what it's called is is up here that you can walk through um and then you can also there's bears creek there you can also come down here and have access to the the water right at auburn reach right here down langton so just down the road and then you cross over water street there's kind of a little inlet right here that allows access to the water so just a fantastic location in terms of an investment property um market rent i believe there is uh homes in the area that are renting for around 800 rooms so definitely a great return there fantastic family neighborhood as well um it, it's just an all-around great property maybe i'm a little biased uh <laughs> but I, I love it and i think it's at a fantastic fantastic price for 650. No, it's a great one. I and mean, we kind of just talked about it, but it's actually one of those neighborhoods that it's it's both. It could be a good family home or or a potential uh, student investment home. Absolutely. And just gorgeous kitchen. And, and that's one of my favorite parts about it. Uh, and then the three season sunroom off of the kitchen is is just incredible in those in those summer months. Beauty. Yeah. So there we have it. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, so what do you got planned the rest of the weekend? Uh, a lot of Easter stuff. We're uh, we're actually celebrating Ma's birthday tonight, uh, and then we're gonna have all the uh, the family over. Well, my three sisters and, and their their boyfriends, and then uh, you know I, I got Bryn downstairs, and uh, we're gonna have a great ham dinner tonight. So looking forward to that. What about you? Well, I guess I'm I'm sponsoring like uh, an event down in down in Whitby tonight. At the uh, shout out to the the Celtic Club. Yeah, go Celtics. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're doing some family stuff. You know, we'll do the Easter egg hunt. I think just two more dinners. I'm missing this one, but there's I'm doing two of three dinners this year. That's not if that was uh, a, day, uh, a day batting uh, for the Jays. Two for threes ain't bad, I say. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I catch some baseball, but I see they're um, they're playing Anaheim, so those games are on a bit later. But yeah, yeah. well, that's it for me. So. And as I said, appreciate you putting all this together. Appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, have an amazing uh, Easter long weekend. Thanks, brother. Appreciate your time too. And thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Next next time I will have, uh, have my second donut. So stay tuned for that. And uh, without further ado, th 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 that's all, folks. Take care. <laughs>